black cat crossing your path signifies that the animal is going somewhere. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Under the Cowl of MS. Little Groto Marx quote. Start us out. And for comics, we're going to... I picked up a pack, a sheet pack that um, I opened up and went through from of sheet comics from William Tucci. Uh, if you don't know much about she, she's a fictional comic book character that first appeared in Razor Annual Number One in 1993, and had she's appeared in numerous books by a variety of publishers ever since then. Uh, especially Crusade comics. She has quite a few of those with William Tucci. She's a young woman of Japanese and American descent. She's trained as a Yamabushi warrior monk who struggles to reconcile her Japanese grandfather's martial training with her American mother's Christian teachings. Japanese culture and spiritual themes are prominent. Recurring motifs motifs in storylines featuring her especially as they pertain to this conflict uh, as I back in the earlier episodes I did a she run which I can't remember the exact name of the run but uh, it was very it had beautiful artwork had her being trained by her Japanese grandfather and he was like counteracting against her grandmother's Christian beliefs and and studies. And so he'd teach her martial arts when he could and teach her about the ways of the warrior and stuff. It was a very interesting run, uh, I suggested. For anybody that's interested in starting with she, go back and figure out which <laughs> which one that was. Uh, but she's father, Shiro, was a Japanese warrior. Her mother, Catherine, is an American Catholic missionary. As a child, Anna witnessed the brutal murder of her father and brother at the hands of Masha, Masahiro Arashi, an upstart Yakuza thug. Following this horrifying incident, she was consequently spirited away and raised by her grandfather, Yoshitoro, against the sacred temples of Kyoto. Yoshitoro secretly trained Anna in the ways of the Sohi, warrior monks of feudal Japan. So that she could seek out Arashi and avenge the deaths of her father and brother. Arashi wanted to impress the leaders of the Osaka crime syndicate and left a calling card with every murder he committed. A simple coin engraved with the kaniji for death. She, whilst holding on to the coins, left the bodies of her father and brother. Anna developed a vengeful obsession as she completely gave herself to she. 
becoming a living embodiment of death. Anna swore her revenge on the Yakuza and set out to become one of the deadliest assassins in the world. In order to disguise herself, Anna painted her face white to resemble Tora Noshi, also known as the Tiger of Death, a legendary female warrior of medieval Japan. Anna acquired the name Shi because of her ferocity and ruthlessness. However, Anna was deeply affected by her mother's Catholic teachings. She soon faced a dilemma between her programmed mission of revenge and the Christian faith she secretly harbored. Once her parents' killer, Arashi, was sent to prison, Anna renounced killing and became the manager of an art gallery in New York. From time to time, she takes on her she personality if necessary. Even with the duality that rages in Anna's soul, she will not allow herself to succumb to the death demon that terrorizes her. In the end, it is Anna's faith and the ethereal visions of her Sohi ancestors that shepherd her along the way of the warrior. And that's pretty good gist of what anyone would need to know if they wanted to get into she comics uh this set came with the heaven and earth issue one with a virgin cover with japanese writing on it uh and it shows it's a, starts out as a story basically about she being in a party and find some things going on and she goes off and gets in her warrior form and ends up in some conflicts with different characters throughout. And it gets deep into her her life and what she went through and goes more into the era where after she goes back to her Christian uh, mother's beliefs and follows that and decides to back off from being a warrior but then has to go into the warrior mode because of issues that are arising uh, also came with a way of the warrior comic issue number four which leaves you in the midst of everything and you got to go back and Find out more of what's going on in the storyline by going in and getting issue one through three. But this is a very conflict-heavy story line, and she's going after, like, the coins and stuff and collecting those, and you get to get more into that part of her story life. And then the other one that came with this set was issue number seven of she the way of the warrior so you kind of like left without issue one through three and then you got you're missing five and six so you got it but these kind of link together and give you the gist of what you want to well give you the information you need to understand she and what she's about where she came from 
But yeah, it was a set I opened up that I had that just had the autographs copies, so I had to had to check them out. And then getting deeper into ink blot, we got issue number five here. Uh, caught up here previously in ink blot. Yeah, the story moves moves to the past before the seeker had established her library in ancient Egypt. Xanthos. And his family, including the Seeker, are on the hunt for monsters. They run into a sphinx. Zenthos wants to make a bargain with it, but one of the men, Kaba, grabs the bag young Enos has, cuts it open, and finds the cat. The cat we've been following all along. The one that just goes around saying, Mow. And he offers it to the Sphinx, but the Sphinx doesn't care about the cat. He wants the magical staff that Zinthos has, but does not agree, and they fight. Kaba's beheaded. The cat vanishes. We flash forward to the present where the Seeker is looking for something in her bag and instead finds Kaba's corpse and the cat, and it's like everybody keeps getting more and more irritated with the cat throughout here and I don't think the cat's really the problem I think the people are the problem <clears throat> but in the fifth issue here it seems that they travel back I mean the last the fourth issue with the sphinx apparently was 4000 years in the past uh the cat apparently can travel through time and reality whenever he wants. And they're trying. The seeker, the reader of the books, she's trying to catch the cat. Uh, thinking it's going to do all kinds of serious damage and stuff. But I don't think the cat is the problem. Oh, I still believe that it's people that are the problem. But. This one apparently goes back to like jungle, some type of primordial jungle. And I get kind of confusing because apparently all these people that are in all these books are all one family. And you're seeing more and more of the relationships forming and you got your family squabbles and all that that just irritates the seeker and and cat just constantly does his thing and just wanders around doing whatever he wants and in this issue uh the youngest member of the family goes wandering off into the jungle and finds the cat and Like these families, age lines and stuff are kind of confusing. Uh, 
traveling around. I can't tell whether they're going to areas where the where people are part of the family are still there, or if it's just the family members being put into these different uh, realms and timelines and just staying the same. Uh, the boy follows the cat, chases him, and when he finds the cat, a bunch of other strange characters that the cat has brought has just start appearing and they're hanging out the boy and the all the strange critters and a giant rock monster appears and kind of like chases them and scares them and they go running and the father comes with the staff and see what's wrong and to save his son and it's just It's kind of, it's very confusing what's going on in my mind, and I'm kind of curious where it's going to go in the long run, but uh, family itself, I can do without it. I'd rather just see that character on his own traveling through time and dimensions and dealing with different issues, but... uh. Family just brings more and more conflict wherever they go, and they're constantly angry at the cat and after the cat and blaming everything on the cat when I believe it is their own faults. Something with that staff, too. I just... I'm curious. I, I don't remember if the staff came from an earlier issue or if he's had the staff the whole time, but... It's, seems like the same people are in the jumping through time in these issues, and it's just I'm curious where it goes. It's uh, I think it's decently written. I love the artwork more than the writing. Uh, just looking forward to see where it goes. So check it out. Yeah like the magical mythical style stuff you'll probably like ink lot and then get into some ms get into some foot drop foot drop issues i've been having a lot of issues with my left foot lately i think it's because of trying those shoe inserts they activated my foot drop a little bit more and i've been having a lot more problems with it Dropping down on me, cramping up and locking up. The peroneal nerve in our leg that's above the our foot is the main nerve that can cause the foot to go from its normal foot foot, foot position to drop downward. The front of it drops down and we can't bring it back up. It just kind of like seizes itself. In foot drop position, but foot drop is a common problem in people with MS. It's the only time I've ever heard of it. I never heard of it before this. So you can be running and all of a sudden your foot drops down and you just collapse. You can't stand on it. Uh, 
When foot drop, the toes drop down instead of pointing up. When attempting to lift the foot, this makes it hard to walk, especially on curbs, stairs, and uneven surfaces. A custom-fitted brace called an ankle foot orthosis uh, to help us walk is available. The brace holds our foot in a normal position and pre prevents it from dropping. I've wanted one for years. I tell my doctors, I've told multiple doctors, I've explained to them how my foot will just like, it's like cramping up. And then it just goes downward, and I can stand on it on the tips of the toes and push on it, but the foot will not flatten itself back out. It just locks in that position, and it hurts like a son of a bitch. And you feel at times like the bones are broken and shattered, and you're just trying your damnest to flatten it, but you can't. And with the cramping and the shattered feeling, you just pain just increases and increases like your foot's locked in a vice full of teeth that is ripping and ripping through the bones and muscles and just uh but I tell that to the doctors and they're like no that's not foot drop and I ask them to explain foot drop to me and they don't, no one's ever explained it to me so thankfully I did research and all my own information on this subject, but it's just frustrating when you're trying to get a few answers and you can't get someone to give you any answers about anything. At least give me a different option. If it's not foot drop, then what the hell do you think it is? It's like, tell me this. Foot drop, also called drop foot. <laughs> At least it doesn't have some weird technical term that I can't pronounce. Is caused by damage to the nerves that control the muscles used to flex the ankle. Along with spasticity in the muscles that make the toes go down, other factors can contribute to or accompany the foot drop, including fatigue, weakness, and loss of sense, loss of the sense of where the foot is in space. This sense is called proprioception. People who have foot drop can stumble and fall when their toes don't lift up. It's like the majority of the time I have it is in the middle of the night. I'll have a variety of cramps, including the foot drop, and have to jump out of bed and try and stand on it. And you're holding on to things so you don't fall, fall face first. And then I also got to... It's so bad that if I don't get up that staircase and get to the bathroom, it's going to be all over me. So it's like I got to try and get to the stairs with a cane or walls or whatever I can grab onto and get those stairs, get on my, the, my hands on the stairs and just kind of like pull myself up each step and just climb that freaking flight of stairs. Like climbing a mountain when you got to deal with all those, especially if you got the cramps going in both legs and feet, and your one's got the foot drop issue with it. Yeah, it's not not easy trying to walk or stand with that shit. So I really wish I could get one of those braces. People with foot drop often find additional ways to compensate, sometimes by swinging the leg out to the side to take a step instead of bending 
many a times where I'm walking and I can't bend either my ankle or my knee and I got to swing the leg to try and move. Uh, and Or by lifting the hip and knee really high to clear an area of the foot and get it up over it without catching the edge of it and stuff and making you fall or trip. But this compensation strains and stresses the body and requires more energy for walking. So it's like you're wasting more of your energy by doing that. And foot drop can be permanent or temporary. I know people that have it, they have to have the brace on all the time. Uh, affect one foot or both. Uh, I do not want to see a time where both of mine drop at the same time. Uh, you can be the same in both feet or worse in one foot than the other. My worst side's always been my left. Uh, and start during a relapse and go away after recovery. Uh, like a lot of our symptoms that can amplify with relapse or an exasperation. Physical therapists who specialize in MS usually assess foot drop and work with doctors to design the best treatment. So talk to your doctor about it, see what they can do, see what they can come up with. Hopefully they'll answer your questions, unlike my doctors. You can do different types of treatment they do have is physical therapy, they'll exercise the foot to strengthen or maintain the muscles that helps relieve foot drop and is used with other treatments. Some people only need a home exercise program designed by a physical therapist. Others may also need therapy at a center. If spasticity is, spasticity is involved, stretching can be very helpful. Ankle, foot, orthosis, orthosis, or orthotics or whatever, and other braces. Uh, these lightweight, easy-to-wear devices hold the foot in a normal position and prevent it from dropping. Ankle foot orthosis, uh, the most common type used in foot drop, are lightweight devices that are hidden by socks or pant legs. An orthotist specialist in using mechanical devices to support weakened or ab abnormal joints or limbs makes the custom fit makes and custom fits the ankle foot orthosis to each person. It's just hard to say orthosis. I'm used to saying orthotic. Functional electrical stimulation. These custom fitted devices use gentle electrical stimulation delivered through a leg cuff worn below the knee to compensate for weaknesses. The functional electric stimulation devices signal the personal peroneal nerve just outside the knee, which in turn signals the leg muscles to lift the foot at the right time. One type uses a sensor in the heel of a shoe to send the signal. The other sends the signal when the knee bends. An orthotist 
or a physical therapist custom fits the device and does a trial for each person to see if it works. These devices can help many people living with MS walk faster and more easily, but may not work for some people, depending on the type and extent of nerve damage they have. Others simply may not be able to talk, tolerate the stimulation. I cannot tolerate the stimulation. Anything with being numb from my lower rib cage to my toes and my forearms to fingertips, I've bought TENS units which are electrical stimulation units uh, for people with nerve damage and nerve dysfunction. And when I've tried them multiple times, and if I go on any of those areas of my body that are numb permanently, it's, I can't exactly, it makes no sense the way I explain it. But it's like you're, like you're being electrocuted by a live wire. But that's what it is. It's an uh, electrical signal that zaps you to make the nerves do things. And But with the numbness, it intensifies it so much. It's like you're actually being electrocuted from an open wire. You're getting burned and all together at the same time and that depending on the level of numbness I have at that moment it just it's a variety of different sensations that I just cannot take it's just insanely painful but there's medication out there Empira is an oral drug to improve walking speed in people with MS uh, people with a history of seizures or moderate to severe kidney disease shouldn't take it. For spasticity, there's medications to relieve symptoms, which might be used along with exercise. I've never tried Ampira. I, I try not to take too many of the damn drugs unless I have, absolutely can't live life without trying something I can deal with my problems and work around them and take the breaks that I need to get through it. But until it gets to that point where I can't do that, I'm not going to jump on any extra medications just because I have enough weird medications with side effects. I don't need a bunch more to throw on the pile. I'd rather try and work towards natural methods or braces, which doctors me irritates me. <laughs> they'll sign up those opioid prescriptions and give me weird ass drugs, but want a freaking brace, they won't won't help me unless I pay out of pocket myself. And now I'm dealing with that right now. But for foot orthotics that I was all excited to finally get and after I saved up some money and I was stuck with a five hundred dollar bill in foot orthotics I can't fucking use. They're so freaking painful I just I don't know. It's irritating. They had letters out to variety of doctors and no one's responding to me yet. So see what this week has to offer. But speaking of money, insurance coverage for these treatments varies. Checking your policy's coverage for rehabilitation services, durable medical equipment and medications is a must. Know ahead of time before you get bills you didn't plan on getting. 
Medicare covers physical therapy and durable Medicare medical equipment, which I disagree with. They cover some of it. I get five physical therapy visits a year is all I get. So I have to, anything above that, I got to pay out of pocket, which isn't a problem. If I need it, I gladly will because it's worth it to me. That's one of my favorite things is physical therapy. I really wish I could therapy at least six months a year. I mean, twice a week or something like that, even once a week. But uh, insurance will just give me five sessions, so that's all I can get. So you got to look into that. Make sure that you don't get going. It's covered and all sense not, and you get a huge bill. So. Medicare covers physical therapy and durable medical equipment, but coverage is limited and co-pays may be required. Races typically typically cost between 40 and $700. Most are $200 or less. Functional electric stimulation devices are typically about 5,000 to 6,000, but may cost up to 14,000 depending on the specific configuration for an individual. They usually aren't covered by insurance. And insurance usually provides some coverage for medications if not most coverage for medications. So cover your medications that have side effects. Ain't going to cover a freaking root. <laughs> just so stupid. But yeah, I'm bitching. I'm out running out of time. Have a great day. Be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Watch your body. Listen to your body. And have a great day. And we'll get back to you again soon.